welcome back to Catch-Ups in My Kitchen. I'm Georgia, the host of the podcast and founder of Greedy Vegan. So this week we are joined by this co-founder and co-CEO, Andy Shovel. I'm really excited about this episode because version one of Greedy Vegan, which was a bit of an odd box for meat and fish alternatives, we used to stock this products way back when they first launched. Then they got way too big for us and really accessible that people wouldn't really use Greedy Vegan to order this anymore. They'd kind of just go to supermarkets. So I have watched this brand grow from strength to strength with super entertaining marketing, which is down to Andy himself, and of course, delicious product. They have just launched their new and improved bacon, which Andy actually cooked for us in my kitchen before recording the episode, and it was absolutely delicious. And this have just transformed the way meat eaters look at the vegan diet and meat alternatives in general. And I really just feel that they're kind of only just getting started. So I'm very happy and excited and honored really to have Andy sit with me in my kitchen to talk about his journey and about his own personal vegan diet and vegan transformation. Andy Shovel, co-founder and co-CEO of this, the meat alternative brand, redefining the industry and creating the best alternatives in the world. Andy's journey from founding a recruitment business to founding Chosen Bun, the burger chain, to doing a huge U-turn and launching this, a real disruptor brand from product to marketing, which really is hard to ignore. In this episode, I'm going to speak to Andy about his personal journey, the products at this, the ingredients, the marketing, the branding, all of these pillars which have played a huge part of what this is today. So I really, really hope you enjoy the episode. Andy, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really, really excited about this conversation. We have some amazing bacon in front of us, which is smelling unreal. But before we start, do you mind giving us a little elevator pitch on who you are and what you do? Uh, yeah, sure. Sorry, I have to work on my posture. Um, no worries. So uh, I'm Andy Shovel, one of the two founders and co-CEOs of this. Uh, and um, I have been, uh, well, uh, in that position for three and a half years um, since company launched uh, and then probably a year and a half before that fundraising. Uh, and our company, this, we make meat alternatives, Exhibit A, mm-hmm. uh, and we sell them to retailers. Um, so all the supermarkets and we also sell them to um, food service. Uh, so that's like loads of restaurant chains and hotels and stuff like that. Um, so yeah. Amazing. I mean, what a three years it's been. We'll get on to how quickly that's all gone in a minute. But tradition on the podcast is we have a quick fire round, just all about food. Okay. So sweet or savory? Uh, savory. Juicy burger or overloaded salad? A burger. Crisps or popcorn? Crisps. Ice cream or sorbet? Ice cream. Cook in or eat out? Um, depends. Oh, sorry. It's okay. You're going to have to say one though. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, eight out. And favorite delivery? Um, I get Chinese, I get a combo. So I like to have like a meze. Oh, nice. This isn't very quick fire. Sorry. No, that's fine. I want the details though. This sounds I, good. I like to get Chinese mm-hmm. mixed with, um, uh, like a Beyond Meat burger from McDonald's or Burger King. Nice. So you kind of order from both. Hopefully they'll arrive roughly at the same time and then you kind of got yeah, both. Yeah, I've mastered the art of like timing the two deliveries. That is amazing. I've yeah. not heard that on here before. Yeah. So that is a unique one. So thank you. No um, okay, so I want to start at the beginning. So I want to start in the Chosen Bun era. Okay. Because you and your co-founder, I believe, both were in 
doing Chosen Bun. Mm -hmm. And then you sold it. So Mm -hmm. I want to hear a bit about how that was and kind of why you moved on from Chosen Bun because that was a very good, I mean, business in itself. I have had a Chosen Bun and they are very good. Oh, thanks a lot. Um, So yeah, we we, um, went into that business. uh, Well, I particularly, because I joined forces with Pete, uh, just after the the thinking of the idea, basically, and I wanted to go that direction originally because um, my godfather, who um, uh, is a is a lovely man, he took me to lunch uh, in in a place called Coco de Mama. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's like an Italian yeah. chain. Anyway, the first store had opened, uh, and it was the found one of the founders was there. This guy Dan Land, who I'm now friendly with. Anyway, this is a really boring story, but basically, I saw this guy like running this restaurant business. I was like, oh my god, that looks so fun. Um, I want to do that and then at the time I was running a small recruitment business I started and so I decided to sell the recruitment business and jump into restaurants because I just thought it looked wicked and that's what sort of brought us to uh, her food and then Pete and I joined forces um, and then we built the business up and it was a small company um, but I'm really proud of what we built in the sense of like uh, it was very efficiently run and the brand was banging for an independent takeaway business and and we had this packaging that we had developed and patented that kind of um, kept the burger in really good condition during delivery and um, uh, so yeah I was it was an interesting journey we learned loads but when we sold the business we um, basically committed to starting something in sustainability so something just more constructive better for the world um, and that's kind of what led us to um, plant-based food okay um, amazing and how did you meet pete like where's the connection there yeah so um it's a relatively unromantic story actually of how we actually no it's not true it did get quite romantic so so we basically <laughs> um i was looking for a co-founder because i started the first business on my own and it was a little bit soul destroying at times mm. um you just want to like crawl under a desk when something bad happens and there's no one there to share it with yeah so um i just did a lot of networking and met loads of people in in my network like social network or work network i was just like do you know anyone smart that i could partner with and one guy said um yeah i know this guy p and he's just leaving his job at coke and um he uh anyway so we met and then he pete had a job offer that was pending uh, and he had to get back to them in like seven days it was like for an ice cream startup or something so we met every night uh, after work for seven nights for like two three hours like hashing over all the t- t- details to do with our you know potential next business chosen one and so that's the romantic bit so so um i his now wife probably suspected something a bit dodgy because we were like <laughs> every night for hours and hours uh, but we built conviction over that week and then decided to shake hands and and yeah Amazing. now we've started three businesses together wow so what was the third so a uh, little fun uh, project which, with business, which we actually love, called Social Climbing. So it's a climbing center business. Um, we're actually Leicester's number one thing to do on TripAdvisor. So wow, and you're still still doing that I'm now? proud of that. Yeah, we don't run the business executive day-to-day. We've got partners yeah. who, who run it um, with us. But, um, but yeah, it's still going and, and uh, it's a great business. Amazing. Yeah. I love how you were in recruitment and then thought that food was really wicked. And actually... It is really wicked, but it's also really hard. Like, mm. I mean, I don't know what you'd say, but from recruitment to then starting a food chain or, you know, that's very difficult. Would you kind of agree? Yeah, I would, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was, so I was I was young. Uh, how old was I? You know, whatever, mid, early mid-20s. And um, it was a really rock, I found it a really rock and roll way to make a living. Mm. You know, it was late nights, tough work and physical and like really high highs and low lows. And yeah. just like, you know, the, the, the people issues we have to deal with today are very different. You know, like 
back then it was you know people having sex in the freezer or like <laughs> on the fridge or you know like people having yeah. fights or something and i'm not saying that's a great thing but it's just like it was it was if you want to be a founder and have exciting times then a restaurant is a yeah. good way to do that no completely um, i can see that but the, the hours were really aggressive and I, I think I'm too old for it now. I couldn't do it again. Yeah, no, it does seem fun though. So Meat Alternative is kind of then where you and Pete went. Yeah. Why Meat Alternative? What was the, can you explain the process to coming to this? Yeah, so um, we basically, um, sorry, I can have a sip. Go for um, it. We basically, after committing to starting a business in sustainability in some form, we looked at loads of stuff. So we looked at like um, energy, looked at starting an electric car brand, we looked at uh, waste, and we couldn't find a niche that we were happy with, for, you know, commercially happy with, or whatever. Lots of different viability kind of angles. And then we, I can't remember which one of us it was, but we identified uh, that there was no brand in the UK, as far as we saw it, as meat eaters at the time, in like 2017, that um, like was configured for meat eaters, mm-hmm. and for people like us who like loved meat, and we felt the branding and the products were more suited to like legacy vegans and vegetarians. Yeah. So we thought, yeah, we could um, do something different and, and cater for those people with a superior product, like in terms of realism and taste and then uh, perhaps a superior brand as well. No, definitely. Um, so we basically found a gap and just decided to go for it. But that's quite a daunting task to be like, okay, let's try and make a really great meat alternative. Like. Mm how did you go about doing that like what was your process to finding the first product um so we knew from the start that we had to lean into r&d quite hard so um we enlisted the help of uh like scientists that we found online and google scholar and stuff people who specialized in in texturizing technologies and we wanted to be from the start like at the leading edge of what was possible in terms of um, texture taste um, and succulents and all the other things that matter. So we basically started working with scientists, with research institutes in Europe. Um, and we also flew to the States to do a kind of safari of like all the products out there and see what was best in class there. And then eventually we built a picture of what we wanted to do using which technologies and which people to help us. And at this point we were just funding the business ourselves. And then um, we decided to get investment uh, probably about nine months in um once basically once we run out of money yeah um and um and that's when yeah we we did an investment round of nine hundred thousand pounds and that got us to market essentially okay amazing and was the first product the bacon um bacon and our plant-based chicken as well okay so um yeah we we decided that bacon was going to be like a kind of hearts and minds win because it's kind of the product that is most synonymous with bringing people uh you know back out of vegetarianism or veganism and tempting them back to eating meat so we felt if we nailed a bacon that um you know we'd sort of like win win over the skeptics yeah so Um, true because like it was always supposed to be a brand for meat eaters right like the mainstream not just vegans um obviously vegans as well yeah but they say don't they if you're aiming at for example the niche of meat eaters the vegans will end up following it as well yeah i think so I think basically it comes down to like brand and product. If if you have an amazing product and a really cool brand, I think you're, you know, not to oversimplify, but you're probably onto a winner. Yeah, no, definitely. So the bacon we have in front of us is a new version of the bacon. Mm -hmm. So with your new versions of products, would you say that you're like kind of constantly learning, constantly developing, constantly researching? Yeah, for sure. So so that it wasn't kind of like part of the timeline anyway, like, okay, we'll bring out this bacon first and then later we'll bring out 
the other one is it kind of like a constant learning process yeah it definitely is like this product here is our uh, new isn't streaky bacon mm -hmm. and it took us two years to develop it was an absolute excuse the pun but a pig to make um <laughs> and uh so it's basically got um you know plant-based fat running through it just like uh the, the kind of fat veins of actual animal bacon um but the fat that we made is um kind of like much healthier so it's made of olive oil which is like a natural antioxidant rather than like very high saturated fats that you find in, in animal pig fat um, and this product doesn't have any nitrates uh, like animal bacon does but we had to deliver the same succulence and crispiness when you cook it the same meaty texture so the brief was unbelievably tough for this particular yeah. this is like the hardest thing we've done by far yeah no I can um, imagine I mean the smell in here anyway is <laughs> so much like bacon it is crazy so I can yeah. imagine like the things that have to go into creating product like this is just ridiculous um, so you kind of mentioned a bit then on ingredients and I want to touch on that because vegan skeptics let's say mm -hmm. would kind of say oh meat alternatives are as bad for you as junk food or as bad for you as meat can you kind of touch on that because obviously on here you've got like low in fat and the ingredients are great so yeah can you touch on the ingredient side of things yeah so creating a cleaner and cleaner ingredients deck is a massive priority for us and i'm sure almost every other meat alternative brand um and our approach to it is to use ingredients which to only use ingredients which are really commonly found in all sorts of foods so not just plant-based foods right like you know whatever the mayonnaise or, or mm. bread or whatever so um we uh the, the the other thing to note actually on this by the way is, is the framing of the debate yeah um so a lot of people i think compare our plant-based bacon to like an aubergine or a carrot and it's like, yeah, it's not as healthy as an aubergine or a carrot. Like, you win. Yeah. But um, I didn't mean for that to be so, like, <laughs> slick at the camera. Uh, so, um, basically, the comparison that should be made is actually our bacon alternative compared to bacon. And when you do that, the health uh, argument is very easily won by our product. And so, we're not in the market trying to replace salads and, and like, you know, celeriac. Yeah. we're trying to replace bacon and so we should be compared to bacon in terms of the health stakes yeah um and there are loads of other things i could bore you for hours on this like it's a topic which i feel strongly about and yeah like th there's one there's one quirk of our um where we've normalized foods and every single food uh conceivable um has an ingredients deck like, apart from meats so chicken what are the ingredients of chicken uh, ch chicken uh, it's yeah. not actually the case it's made up of lots of different compounds um, and if you included a lot of the medicines as well like throughout the world that are used on on uh, animals to keep them from getting infected in the food chain like there are just so many um, different ways in which the debate is slightly oddly rigged yeah it's um, so true but um, but what we focused on is our products making it as healthy as we can and comparing it loads to the meat alternatives so it's not just our bacon like our plant-based sausages as well um when we compare them to animal-based pork sausages they're normally they're normally about 70 percent less saturated fat yeah um no that's so true and i think people are really quick to judge and really quick to criticize and the, mm. i've heard people say and people i mean you must get this all the time because i even get it from people being like oh there's words on the back of the ingredient list that i don't understand but like you mentioned like if you knew what went into the pig yeah. then i'm sh pretty sure there'd be words that went into the pig that you wouldn't even understand like the medicine mm. and all the so 
But also, my argument for this, it's also like, you're creating something based on science, like mm. what you've created is science. And I think with science comes longer words that you might not know the meaning of. Yeah, I mean, people also, like I said, I could bore you for hours, so I have to <laughs> like moderate myself, but people also aren't necessarily cognizant of the fact that um, the, let's say the, the current uh, most popular um, breed of chicken that's used in uh, food manufacture is absolutely and completely divorced from what a natural chicken actually looks like. Th these chickens that, that we eat as a society um, have, you know, much larger uh, breasts, much more meat on um, the rest of their bodies. Uh, they um, have been precision bred over several generations. I'm talking like several human generations mm. to be uh, perfectly designed and configured for their purpose, which is obviously to create meat and protein for, for consumers. And so there's actually nothing natural about the chicken that is bought in, in supermarkets. It's, it's uh, completely unnatural and, and been precision bred for a long, long time to be unnatural. Mm, no, it's so true. It's so true. And I think, I mean, we touched on this earlier. If people, you can argue anything like if mm. people people like to create an argument out of this and it's a very popular one that you see on social media and you see mm. i hear it a lot all the time from friends asking you questions and i think you choose what you see you choose what you want to hear yeah. but actually if you looked into things the facts kind of are there yeah um but no it is very interesting so i want to go on to the name this because um a couple of weeks ago i had um jeremy may on from nice and both of these names are like normal words that you use every day, but you've kind of created them into these powerful brands and they just work really well. So how did the name this kind of come about? So like like many names, it was just a brainstorming few weeks and uh, I happened to be with my ex-girlfriend at the time actually. Um, and uh, she, she said it among 10 other words and I went, yeah, that. And she went, what do you mean? I was like, this. And I was like, so so it was kind of um, uh, just a spontaneous moment when I thought to myself, like, I love the confusion that it would present. Mm. Um, I, I loved the idea of someone coming home and being like, should we have this for dinner? And the other person being like, what do you mean? This. And like, this. I love the fact that it confuses people. Yeah. Um, I think it's like a conversation starter. And it stands out massively. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I love it. I think it's oh, really thanks. great. And even when I'm explaining to people, oh, like, have you had this isn't bacon? They're like, what? Like, yeah. everyone always stops and asks. And then they're yeah. going to remember that conversation so much more. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We had um, a lot of people tell us that uh, it was very, very imprudent to call it this. And that, like, search, uh, Google search would be impossible and all this stuff. But we're actually, we became quite quickly number one on Google for this. Um, sometimes after the dictionary. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like it, it's ended up being a really distinctive name. Yeah, I mean, it kind of goes down to your marketing in general. Like it's just another marketing kind of form in a way because it's a, it stands out. Yeah. So kind of going on to your marketing, because I think, again, this really stands out amongst so many brands, especially in the kind of plant-based space. Mm. So your marketing style is very, yeah, unique. Whose idea was this? Are you kind of the marketing guy? Um, yeah, talk a bit about the marketing. Yeah, so um, it's, I suppose what you're talking about in terms of um, the creative, the videos we do. Yeah, and, the creative. Kind of so, so that's basically my baby. So I'm, I'm I guess, lead, lead creative in the company and I, I lock myself in or get locked in a room and think of different ideas for our videos and um, back of pack or whatever it is. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of a, 
a passion of mine um, and I knew early on that um, if we didn't uh, if we weren't really really different and we were like more relatable to, if we weren't more relatable to me teachers I felt we wouldn't have a chance of succeeding yeah and I wanted us to be polar opposite of the like legacy older brands in the space yeah um and just be gen- i know it's such a cliche but it'd be genuinely disruptive yeah and i wanted us to get in trouble which we do yeah. um so i wanted us to be like really close to the ragged edge yeah and um and so you know i i think it's all part of it's a very calculated effort basically to jar people quite firmly out of their preconceived ideas about vegan brands or our vegan brand yeah um so yeah that that's why the marketing is how it is and why we have a laugh and do pranks and stuff no it's um, great i think it's amazing and it stands out and it does get people's attention and whether they love it or hate it at the end of the day they're still talking about it well, which who hates it? i mean i don't hate it <laughs> but i'm sure you've heard people say i don't know yeah, yeah, that's did. another yeah. one of my questions like what do you worry about the backlash and have you got backlash we always have backlash, yeah. I think unless you say something unbe- unbelievably vanilla, you will always get some form of backlash. Yeah. And given that we're not saying vanilla things or doing vanilla things, we do get backlash, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we take it too far and we get a bit wrong. Um, we upset last year uh, some of the vegan community. Um, and mo- unfortunately, most of the upset was actually beyond our control. It was a team member that went a bit rogue. But um, we have, uh, generally speaking, landed in a good place where you've got like small collectives who are like, I don't get it or I find it offensive. But most people are just thinking it's really funny. Definitely. Um, I, I think so. So, um, yeah, you do get in trouble. If you, try and, if you try and stay close to the border of acceptability with marketing, you will always get in trouble. No, definitely. But I think that's what makes it so great. And I mean, your most recent one with the funeral. Yeah. That was amazing. So can you talk a bit about the filming of that? Yeah. So um, we basically uh, decided that to celebrate the launch of this product, actually, um, we were going to commemorate the life and death of uh, pork bacon with a state funeral. Uh, So we got a marching band um, who do actually do funerals. Yeah. And we got a hearse and a coffin um and loads of mourners and we basically like marched down the streets of london and stopped traffic and nobody beeped or complained because they thought it was a funeral oh my god people were coming out of their like restaurants and shops that they worked in to like pay their respects like take their chef's hat off and like it was so funny oh my god Um, (laughs) it's amazing though i mean you did have bacon written i think it was in flowers but I don't. They must have just thought, "Oh, that person liked bacon," or it may might even been called bacon. I don't like, know. You can't argue with names of people now. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, you, <laughs> they probably just thought, "Oh, like yeah. bacon's died." Like that's really sad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's amazing. Thanks. And then, yeah, I mean, the response was great. I think it's yeah. I think it's really really great. Thanks a lot. Um. So since you guys launched, it's been a massive whirlwind. I mean, you probably get dizzy thinking about kind of the pace at which you guys have gone. Can you kind of touch on how it's gone so quickly and maybe like three contributing factors that you think have helped you guys accelerate so quick? Yeah, sure. So um, it has been a lot uh, since we launched and um, it's aged me about 10 years, the three and a half years. Um, Didn't used to look like this. Uh, But yeah, it's um, I think in terms of factors. So predominantly I'd actually give two and it's basically brand and product. In FMCG, I think brand and product are king. And then you've got supporting factors like price. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, 
various other things availability and stuff but um but in our case i think we managed to create a brand and a tone of voice that stood out um you know monochrome packaging at the time was very new and in food Mm. um we hadn't seen it anyway and 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 it's it was a big no-no you know the branding agency that we worked with were amazing but uh you know i think at some point they raised that maybe monochrome is not what we should go for because it's not typical and we plowed on and said no we want to be different Mm. so i think creating a brand that's um cut through has been essential yeah um and then also on the product side we've put so much work and time and money into r&d yeah and at times it has felt like and maybe looked like we've been wasting time and money um but it's it's shown itself to, to have been worth it um you know this this kind of product it's i cannot stress how difficult it was um you know, there are so many technical challenges. When I look at it, I can sort of see them all popping out. Really? Haunting me. <laughs> yeah, and the poor poor team as well that's been working on it. Like, they've had a tough time. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I think nailing the R&D and just kind of blindly uh, doing a huge amount, not blindly, but, but defiantly almost doing a huge amount of R&D work before launch and having the, having the uh, conviction to keep saying no like mm. no it's not ready and no it needs this particular quality or no and just keep saying no and i'm normally the person that says no yeah and i can make myself pretty unpopular um i have done in the past especially with this product and various others and and at the time when i'm saying no it's not ready or no it needs to be better the team are probably doubting um and then for me it's always worth it to see such an amazing outcome at the end of it definitely um, but but i also don't want to make it out like it's all down to me because obviously much more down to the team who's making it yeah. i just play the role of like um you know I, I try and be the flag bearer for best in class i keep that ambition as our guiding star basically definitely definitely i think the feedback of this product is definitely credibility to the effort that has gone into it because i've seen some incredible reviews personally online and i mean we've just tried it here now and it's incredible Thanks. so i think that's definitely credibility to the fact that what you guys have done and all those no's have yeah have definitely paid off yeah i think so um it's a really exciting product uh, i love it I, yeah i feel it's like a baby of us definitely no it's so good and really interesting about the packaging actually because i think it all depends on on the market and your category for example mm. like the, let's go to the granola space like for rude health mm. it was important that they stood out and they had that vibrant packaging but if you look at the plant-based space, it's all very green mm. and it's very colourful because it's like fresh, green, healthy, like yeah. vibrant. So having the monochrome actually definitely pulled it out and made it stand out because you're like, oh, what's this? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it makes a lot of sense to do that. So no, I love it. Cool. So I now want to kind of touch on your personal diet because you weren't vegan and now you're 100% vegan. So can you discuss a bit about your personal journey to that and like why you made the switch? Yeah, sure. So um, made the switch, to be honest, predominantly because uh, someone showed me um, a video uh, of chickens or little chicks actually in the egg industry. So uh, they were being, they're on a little conveyor belt, these fluffy little things. Uh, yellow little things and they were cheeping for their looking for their mums presumably and they got crushed to death at the end of this conveyor belt alive in a grinder and it was just dystopian levels of rank so I was like you know what like what is this because I always thought eggs at this point I was vegetarian mm-hmm. um, and, and, and I thought that was enough and so the person showing me was like well actually about 10 million or so 
um, male chicks are born into the egg industry every year. They can't be uh, used for the meat industry and obviously they don't lay eggs. So they're treated as waste and that's how they're disposed of. And at that point, I was just like, yeah, no. No. Uh, I'm, if I buy a pack of eggs, I'm paying for that machine and no, no. No. So that was me done. And um, I, um, you know, we're like a nation of animal lovers, right? We're actually not. We're just a nation of pet lovers. Yeah. Uh, we love our pets, but we don't love animals. Yeah, that's um, so true, actually. And there's a big distinction between yeah. the two. So f- for me, uh, there isn't a distinction. Mm. And so um, I was decided that I wanted to not have anything to do with it. A hundred percent. It's really interesting that your kind of converter was eggs, though, because mm. for a lot of people, they'll be like, oh, like me and fish. Like For, my, for me, it was fish. Um, and yeah, eggs, people don't think about eggs. No, they really much. don't. I, I didn't. And that's why it converted me, because it was a shock yeah because i was like eggs are benign there's no cruelty it's just like chickens produce them anyway like whatever and it doesn't just end at that as well in the egg industry there are lots of things that yeah um, so so that was i think what jarred me into it was like oh my god the thing i thought that was most innocent is actually just as filthy as the rest of the industries 100 percent. and so were you veggie when you did chosen bun no 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 i wasn't so went veggie uh, quite shortly after that okay um Unfortunately, there's a TEDx talk uh, immortalized on the internet of me eating a beef burger. No way, really. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, we all ate meat at some point. Yeah, 100%. Not, not I Not many of us did. were born vegan. No. Um, so, um, so anyway, so, so yeah, went, went, went veggie uh, five and a half-ish years ago. Okay. And then went um, fully plant-based a couple of years ago. And how do you feel as a result, like as in from a health perspective? Well, at first I felt terrible. Yeah. Because I did it really badly. And how did you do it? So I did it by having pasta and chips and bread all the time. And yeah. that's all I ate. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I just like committed carbicide. Literally. And yeah, it was really bad and I was quite unhealthy. And then I became way more thoughtful about it. Now I have a low carb diet, uh, high protein, uh, loads of veg and I feel good. Just, I don't, I think I feel better than when I eat meat actually. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, I know I do as well. So how really interesting that you had like a carbicide because a lot of people think that's what vegans eat or they think, because when I'm away, for example, let's say I'm I'm skiing and that's terrible. Like in the Alps, they just give you bread and chips because they think that's what you can eat or lettuce. Um, so yeah, it's really interesting hearing that you actually went through that process. So how did you learn, like what made you research more about what else to eat? So for me, it was actually that um, I uh, had like poor health from eating so many carbs. Okay. So I I don't think it was actually to do with um, having gone plant-based or Mm -hmm. vegetarian. I think it was actually a prior thing, but I had a bit of a liver condition. Okay. And the way to, when I got diagnosed with that a few years ago, the way to manage it, according to the doctors, was basically to eat like low carbs or no carbs. Um, because carbs uh, sort of help accumulate fat in the liver because they spike blood sugar and everything else. So um, for me, that's what led to me becoming more thoughtful. Funnily enough, it wasn't it wasn't because I suddenly had an epiphany. It was because right. I had this health problem and they were like, yeah, this is a contributing factor. Okay, interesting. Um, so that's that's what yeah made me think. And, and they were like, are you tired all the time? And I was like, yes. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, changed, made the change and feel great. So for someone who might be listening and being like, oh, like this sounds a lot like me, what tips would you give them for going vegan? Uh, in terms of for their diets? For their diets, yeah. Well, look, I won't lie. It's more of a faff to yeah. be to, to eat thoughtfully as, as, a, as a plant-based person. Mm. It is more of a faff. So just bear that in mind when you go in. 
to don't don't you know I would urge people not to think it's just a straight swap right um but you know that's the cost of of doing the right thing and you know eventually hopefully being healthier as well mm. um but yeah tips wise I'm no whiz in the kitchen, so I'm probably not very qualified. Uh, I'm not bad at making meat alternatives, but yeah. I can't really whip up uh, a whole menu of like amazing vegan dishes. Yeah, well, I guess that's kind of where this comes in because <coughs> you are uh, your market. Well, okay. actually, no, you're not. Meat eaters are your market. Well, both, yeah. Both, but I guess you're kind of thinking, oh, what's convenient? Because I know you guys have made like ready meals and stuff now that mm. you can just pop in, make it really easy. So was that... A decision that you guys were like okay well being vegan is really a bit of a faff so we need to make it easier was that kind of one of the reasons yeah definitely so the ready meals um we basically realized that there was no plant-based branded ready meal mm. um that had meat alternatives in it yeah so sounds like a bit of a niche within a niche and i guess it kind of is but still we found it was white space um and as you say to provide something something which offers that convenience and the protein and you can have uh, the high quality alternatives in it mm. um, from, from, you know, hopefully a brand that, that people enjoy, which is us, that we thought it was uh, worth doing. No, so definitely. That's kind of where we went there. So the fish industry mm. is one area of plant based which hasn't really been touched as much as meat. Mm. Is this an area which you guys are curious in or are you not really allowed to talk about? future product developments quite yet it's very astute because i do get told off a lot for just vomiting out all the trade secrets on really podcasts and <laughs> interviews. but no um fish is uh so, so as a as a food stuff i think that um your average meat eater meat and fish eater uh probably views fish as actually the more sustainable you know i won't eat fi- i won't eat meat this week i'll have fish yeah i think they think they're already doing a good thing by having fish yeah true and whether forgetting whether or not that's correct obviously you know you and i might think that's not correct that i think that's how the market thinks Mm. and so um with that in mind i don't think that the mass market is crying out for official alternative yeah there are some on the market i don't think any of them are doing fantastically well no i suspect this is just conjecture in my opinion but i i i suspect it's for that reason yeah that's Um, true like yeah they consider it healthy maybe a low fat yeah healthier protein so maybe they're like should i have fish today or should i have plant-based meat maybe it's one of those yeah i I think so i I think like it's probably similar bucket to eggs where most people think eggs are you know relatively free of cruelty they probably think it's less unsustainable Mm -hmm. uh, or rather they think it's more sustainable than having like a pork sausage or chicken breast or whatever yeah uh they think oh well, no animals dying they probably think that's like the good option yeah i think they also suspect that's the case for fish too yeah no that's so true actually but these are just my opinions not really data-led yeah okay interesting so the market now is kind of a bit different since when you guys started although yeah. it's only been like three years how does the market look like for you now um obviously like a load of brands have come into the space some good some not so good i'm not naming names but just generally speaking how do you think it looks just yeah it's um it's way more developed now um way more competitive way more brands uh and i think there's been so i think there's been an an epidemic of very low quality meat alternatives in in the market Mm. and that has basically been the market's own worst enemy in my opinion i agree um so a lot of meat eaters try said products 
at the lower end of the quality scale and they think oh that's minging i'm not going to have any more meat alternatives and they i think they just paint all brands and products with the same brush after that yeah so i think that's why there was a bit of a slowdown last year i think that the huge trial was driven over like 19 um 2019 20 and then i think people consolidated their position on it and were like actually i've tried a few rank things i'm not going to come back yeah so um i think that's been a problem uh obviously as a brand operating the space uh having way more competitors brings challenges yeah of course. and now though i think we managed to move with enough velocity uh early enough that that we forged quite a nice market share yeah and um and we've now got this kind of platform so if we launch a new product like this we can you know get great distribution from day one and make a big impact yeah so i'm really pleased that we went for the like maximum attack um plan at the beginning yeah because we could have gone another way right and just raised less money because we've raised, raised a lot of money it was, we've raised like 35 million pounds so far yeah and so we've deployed that to help us um punch a big hole quickly yeah and that comes at a cost like profitability is low um you know obviously it dilutes shareholders raising that much money so there are downsides but on the whole i think it's with retrospect the right move because mm. now we've got this war chest that we can that we can pit ourselves against big brands who are in the space definitely i think you definitely went about it the right way because when loads of brands were kind of coming out you guys kind of went with this full force and now a lot of brands are kind of like it's kind of petered out a little bit and you're still in fighting force so i guess yeah it definitely it definitely did work and i agree in terms of people have been put off because mm. i think it's a statistic where it's like someone eats something they don't like it takes them eight months or maybe not even longer to try it again yeah. Yeah. and that's quite a long time and like if that mm. happens to everyone like that puts people off massively yeah um it's kind of where we were going with greedy vegan we were like if we can deliver people the best to their door mm. then we have a higher kind of conversion rate of people liking alternatives rather than and it is hard if you don't know mm. and you're not doing the research and you pick up something and then you don't like it like i i see how it can go wrong quick one if you are fed up of trying plant-based alternatives which don't quite hit the spot then head over to greedy vegan and see what we offer as we pride ourselves on stocking the best on the market so you don't have to be disappointed so with raising that amount of money yeah did that come with a massive amount of pressure yeah it does come with pressure um yeah, it definitely does i mean almost structurally because once you start raising larger sums of money your valuation is is higher and so there's uh, a great deal of pressure on the business to perform and live up to these valuations um and then you've also got pressure because you've got lots of shareholders um who have got expectations having put their money in so yeah it does it does come with pressure i tend not to think about it too much day to day because mm. i don't i don't think the highest quality decision is reached by like considering all of the different uh, no. uh you know factors there but um but no th th there's definitely some inherent pressure that comes with it yeah yeah i think another way a nice way of looking at it is like they invested in it because they're excited about it they believe in it and so ultimately although it might make or add the pressure it also adds an, like a bit of like petrol in a way like right yeah. we've got all this now like let's go yeah um so I guess it's got pros and cons, but yeah. probably more pros than, than cons. Yeah, definitely. I, I tend to look at it quite dispassionately in the sense of, you know, it's, it brings a lot of utility having having that investment and means we can do X, Y, and Z 
you know, fulfill X, Y, and Z task or whatever. Mm. Um, and, you know, th- this year we're doing a lot of uh, above the line marketing. Okay. So that's like TV, outdoor ads. Yeah. You might have seen some of our buses or yeah. billboards or whatever. And so that's that's all, you know, comes with raising lots of money. Yeah, basically. No, of course. Um, but product like this, I, I, I and the team have conviction that when people actually try that, they're quite likely to buy it again. Definitely. Um, so therefore, driving trial through these, uh, you know, these big investments in marketing is so important. Definitely. I think the conversion factors with this product here is bacon, which is low in fat. If, if it, you're kind of sampling it outside a supermarket, someone sees that and tastes it, I mean, they're converted straight away. I hope so. Yeah. I think so. I think, yeah, between us all here, we've tried it. And yeah, we're definitely, we're definitely fans and we'll definitely buy it again. Awesome. Um, so I'm actually going to finish off with a bit of a quick fire round and I don't normally do this but I've got a few questions that okay. I'm going to ask you. Okay. So what is your favourite this product? Uh, probably now our streaky bacon. Yeah, it has to be. I mean, two years in development, it's... Yeah, yeah it's, I'm, re- I'm really happy with it. A close second would be our um, plant-based sausages. Yep. I have them about twice, three times a week. Yeah, I've had those. They're amazing. Thanks. And these are the normal ones, not the cocktail yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, the normal ones. Yeah, the, no, the they're bangers great. kind of thing. So, what would you say is your best achievement to date? Um, I think I think going from uh, zero sales to now sort of over twenty million annualized sales uh, in three and a half years. Yeah. Um, that's that's not an easy thing to do, and I'm really proud of the team for you know allowing allowing us to do that. A hundred percent. I mean, that is a huge achievement, and Thanks. it's pretty epic. So that is a, that's a definite one. Cheers. What would you say is your favorite marketing campaign that you guys have done? And when I say marketing campaign again, I mean the creatives. Yeah. Um, that's tough. On we've done loads. Um, uh, probably when we uh sorry i'm i'm okay i'll to make it easy i'll go with the funeral one because i did like that one yeah when we did our funeral for bacon that was a good one um, i mean one of my personal favorites was the one outside new Surat restaurant i think that oh, yeah. was that was a good one thanks yeah that was just a, a little uh a moose bouche yeah uh, at the time but it yeah was it was one. it was uh, it was fun obviously there was a lot of uh, bad press that he got for charging so much money in his restaurant yeah i mean it is, a, <laughs> it is quite expensive so yeah. i'm not surprised um and another favorite question on this podcast and this is one we always finish with is what is your last meal um starter main course and dessert okay um starter would probably be um hmm probably be uh, some sort of Middle Eastern meze thing with like hummus and loads of other dips. Yeah. Um, and then main course probably be uh, um, maybe my mixture of oh no, we developed oh no I can't say oh we developed a product which is not finished. Okay. Which uh, uh, reminds me of a fast food staple that I loved. Okay, when amazing. I was a meat eater, and I used to have a lot of it. Okay, this is exciting. So it's like a, a little teaser without any details. Okay, nice. <laughs> so um, it's it's indistinguishable from a from a meat based fast food thing that I loved. Okay. And so that it would be in my last meal. Okay. I'd have to like wake up some of the R and D team. Yeah. It's in the middle of the night in my jail. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and then I'd have that with chips, uh, and then also maybe because I like a meze, maybe like my Chinese takeaway with yeah 
tofu and black bean sauce and stuff thrown in oh lovely yeah um, this is good this is a very good last meal um, yeah and, and then dessert. and then dessert i recently discovered little moons heaven yeah, yeah. i really like them they're great I, I couldn't really articulate why i know like it's, it's like one of those things when you um god i hope the founders don't see this and get offended all the team but when you're on a plane sometimes or like somewhere in a hotel abroad or something and you know they sometimes give you like those wet towels yes and you're like oh my god i need this wet towel and i'm having <laughs> yeah. such an amazing time with this warm wet towel thank god that someone's given me but then the rest of your life you're like why would i need a wet towel I don't know. so it's a bit like that with little moons when like, i never knew i needed a little moon until you had it like a random rice papery ice cream and then i had it i was like oh my god i need this yeah it's <laughs> got it's so true like the um, the feelings you get when you have it because the yeah. texture's a little bit quirky yeah and it's kind of like a really bizarre concept but when you have it you're like this is genius yeah i it love just it works yeah it does work so good i have to have t- a kitchen roll though so i don't get all the powder really. oh yeah okay that's quite smart actually because yeah. you end up having to eat it really quickly because it's mm. quite it melts and it's powdery yeah, yeah. i'm also really paranoid because uh, someone told me that chocolate poisons cats <gasps> yes and, and my lovely cat i wouldn't want him to have any chocolate so i like wrap it in thing in case any of the powder goes near him yeah that is very <laughs> your cat does look very gorgeous so oh. that would be very sad if anything happened to him he's adorable Andy, thank you so much. I'm thanks. so honoured to have you here. Thanks you are a bit of an icon in the plant-based space. Um, oh my God, thanks. <laughs> you are. You've done an amazing job with this. Thanks. Um, really impressed and the products are insane. So thank you so much for coming on. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Good to meet you. Thank you guys so much for listening and I really hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I did. Could you all do me a really quick favour? Please could you share this episode on either your socials or share it to a friend and help me spread the word of the podcast and get catch-ups in my kitchen out there to a bigger audience. We are getting some really fantastic guests on week on week and we would just love to share these episodes to a wider audience. So I might need your help with that. So please share it around. It could be this episode, any episode. It really would mean the world to me. Thank you.